Howdy, Riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 69 of the Riffs or Die podcast for April 13th, 2022. I hope you all are doing fine and dandy. I'm currently feeling both of those ways. My lady friend, Juliet, just got back into town for a little while. Very stoked on that. She uh, had to go out of town for a minute here, but she'll be back just in a couple days. But if I sound a little peppy and upbeat, that may be the reason. If you want to check out what my girlfriend does, she is a realtor and she connects people that are music lovers with real estate professionals who are also music lovers or in the music industry. People that are artists, musicians, or they're booking agents or managers or guitar techs or all kinds of different positions in the music world. She can connect you with a real estate professional who is into the same stuff that you are. So if you have any interest in selling or buying a property, definitely check her stuff out. Find her on Instagram or you can find her directly on the web. Just look up Heavy Realty. Heavy Realty is a global real estate network that's full of musicians and music lovers just like you. So if you want to buy or sell or you want to move or something, you should hit up Heavy Realty. Go to heavyrealty.com and just shoot them an email or send them a DM on the old Instagram. Anyway, give Heavy Realty a follow and check them out, especially if you're interested in moving or buying or selling real estate. Or even if you're interested in investing and you want to talk to an expert about what the options look like for investing some of your money and growing your wealth a little bit more via real estate instead of the stock market or crypto or a savings account or shit like that, it may be a good route for you to go. So chunk that out, heavyrealty.com. There's another reason that I'm stoked this week. Since the last time I spoke with you guys, I got a custom shop guitar in from ESP, handcrafted in Japan. This guitar is super sick. It's got an all-white fretboard. And the inspiration for that goes back to Mr. Larry Graham. First time I saw Larry Graham rocking on his all-white bass, I was like, holy shit, I need to get me a guitar like that someday. And now I got one. It's very cool. You can go see it on my Instagram. I'll post it up on the Riffs or Die page sometime as well. But huge shout-out to ESP for building me that guitar. It's a prototype for something a little more interesting that we're cooking up. So maybe more details on that sometime in the future. But suffice it to say, working on a very cool project. Anyway, if you want to support the podcast beyond listening, please rate it, subscribe on YouTube or your podcast app, and uh, give it a like and a rating. Please share it around with your friends if you dig what you hear. And if you want to support beyond that, you can always go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and subscribe as a patron. Hang out every month on Zoom. You can hang out, ask me anything you want in real time. I love hanging out with you guys on there. It's a real good time. If you want access to that, you got to go to Patreon, sign up at the $10 level or higher. And as always, if you don't want to subscribe, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch. You can show your support by picking up a t-shirt, a sticker. Got some new stickers in there fairly recently. Shipped out a lot of those No Karate in the Pit stickers as soon as they came out. So those are still in there. Don't forget, there's also posters, t-shirts, stickers, buttons. 
Someday I need to get some patches made, but for now, there's some cool stuff in the store. Go check it out if you haven't yet, riftsordie.com. And if you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at podcast at riftsordie.com. I'll be doing another Q&A episode in the next month or two, so send your questions over and I may answer them when I do the Q&A one. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. There's a lot of things to talk about. And I plan on doing a solo episode on the next episode. Get a lot of stuff that I've been keeping in the back of my mind out there into the ether. There's a lot of stuff going on, like I said, and I've got a couple of opinions on some of these things. So I plan on doing a solo episode for the next one and really just kind of getting some of these ideas out of my brain and into your ears. That sounds interesting to you. Tune into the next episode. But for now, I've got a great interview. This one, we kind of waited a little bit to put this one out to coincide with a new music release. This interview is with a badass dude named Chaka Malik, the singer of a band called Orange 9mm, also in a band called Burn, both of those from the hardcore scene, and he also does his own synth music called Ghost Decibels. If you want to find him on Instagram, just look up Ghost Decibels. He's always posting some interesting shit, and he's always got a really cool perspective. So that's why I wanted to talk with him, and I'm really stoked to put this interview out. I hope that you guys will enjoy. I hope that you guys will enjoy my interview here with the wise and always positive Chaka Malik. Let's do it! I was checking out some of you guys' shit uh, earlier today. Same here. (laughs) What'd you listen to? Give me liberty, not give me liberty, give me death. There's two things I listened to. One of the newest songs on iTunes, and it was this joint on um, YouTube where it was like the last song. And you're like, um, are there any freedom lovers in the house? Oh, yeah. What's song give me liberty. Give okay, me okay, okay. It said, when I said I was like, that sounds like a long ass song title, but I think that was a song title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like song title I would have. Long as fuck. Um, yeah, you know what? The one thing I really like, one of the first bands I got into, I didn't have a hardcore as like on my own, right? I didn't have no friends, little big brother, cousin. Cryptic Slaughter, that yeah. Money Talks record, mm-hmm. I love that record. And that, I felt like that was thrash that didn't seem like it was trying to like be like, fuck you. It was just like, they're, they're, there's a bit of innocence in that record for me. You know what I mean? Because they're, they sound pretty young, too. They probably were. I mean, you know, when, when uh, I mean Metallica's first record came out, those guys were nineteen. I, I, we wow. put out our first Havoc record when I was twenty. So right, what was that? Twenty thirteen, fourteen. First record came out in uh, two thousand nine. What was wait? So I didn't see. I didn't see your shit going back that far. Yeah, two thousand nine oh. was the first okay. full length record we put out. How's it like? What do you? I see you got you guys got a new record drop in and shit like that. Like, what's been going on with the band? I mean, there's not really anything to report right now. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing, working a lot, and uh, we currently don't have a bass player. Oh yeah, shit! Currently the world is still a, a little hectic, so we're not like dying to get out there and have some shows canceled. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I fucking smell you, man. Like, I've been debating. Like, this is um, Cousin Joe from Black and Blue. You know Black and Blue? The band? 
Yeah. No, no, no. The the in New York, the hardcore kind of production company, they do the black the B and B bowls. Oh no, I've never heard of this. So cousin Joe, he's I mean, he thinks like us, you know, in a lot of ways, right? He posts a lot of shit about what's happening right now. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll do some Orange Nine shit, right? And then I reached out to a couple of people. I was like, yo, you guys want to do it? They were like, um, kind of drunk. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And then something happened where I just felt like I don't have the energy to try to compile this shit. It really, it needs to come together from a fucking higher perspective for me to want to do this right now. You know, I'd rather do something new. You know what I mean? Like that, that like my new passion is there and stuff like that, you know? The new stuff. Um, I was checking out Ghost Decibels earlier. Uh, I got some new G- GD shit. That's pop. that shit's boring and really on it. It's just depressing to me. It's depressing. New music is not depressing. Yeah. Okay. Well, to me, that shit's depressing. So, I mean, there's a couple of like, whatever. I mean, thank you. You're very nice. You know, but that shit's depressing. <laughs> okay. I, I actually was interested in it because I just bought a Moog last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's what's up. But the, I have some shit. I basically, I went through this period where I was really super focused on myself. You know what I mean? How I felt and all this is and negative. It's, it's, just, it's just too much. It, there's nothing uplifting about it. There's nothing that is empowering about it. There's not even, in my opinion, enough connective tissue in it because it's so focused on how I felt about, even when I was talking about things that I thought were relevant, it was so like my point of view and not like, this kind of from a connected tissue, from an eye to eye vantage point, you know? So that's, that's what I listen to. And that's what I feel. I feel this self-importance that really just doesn't resonate with me right now. I gotcha. Yeah. And that's uh, something that I know that you and I both get along on is looking at things from a macro level where yeah. everything is a little more connected instead of taking things so personally, we're looking at things from uh, a human consciousness, not from our personal consciousness. Absolutely. It's a big thing I wanted to talk with you because a lot of the stuff that you post up online is very similar to what I say. And you post a lot of videos. And uh, mm-hmm. one thing that I really like about when you, you're giving these monologues, you're talking about current events or human nature, and you always end it with a positive. There's right. always a, a positive spin on the end of it, no matter how dark and evil <laughs> of the video and the subject right. you're talking about is. I, I really love that and respect it. And that's a big reason I really wanted to speak with you. I'm fucking thankful to be here. I, I love the podcast. I love what you're doing. And, and I think that it's needed. I think this community can only benefit from, you know, the voices, including their own that you have on the, on the podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to make the world a little bit nicer than the way I found it. I appreciate that. So let's, let's jump in. How do you generally, how do you want to start? I mean, do you want to start out with uh, telling everybody who you are? I mean, I, I'm going to give you a nice intro here, but right. you're the vocalist of Orange 9mm, Burn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chaka Malik. I grew up in hardcore, started singing for a uh, New York Harper band called Burn in like 89. Did a few EPs with them on Revelation Records, Love Revelation Records. Did one EP on Equal Vision. Then myself and Chris Trainer started Orange 9mm. Chris left and we had a couple of other folks, my, my boy Taylor, and some other people joined the band, did a few LPs with Orange Line Millimeter. We just re-released the last record that we recorded called Pretend I'm Human. After Orange Nine, you know, I went on to do other kinds of music. Uh, currently, I have something called Ghost Decibels, which is kind of like um, electronic-y, right, kind of thing, kind of dark electronic. 
And then I also have my kind of most recent thing, which is called Nieri Band, which is really kind of inspired by Fela, Kuti, and stuff like that. And, and really kind of something cool, like, I mean, it's the kind of music that I would want to listen to, like my windows open on like a sunny day and just enjoying life and bouncing my daughter, who I, which I don't have on my knee. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit like that. So, you know, that's what I'm about. I, still, I love heavy music and I'm kind of... Especially these days, like I went after doing, I, I got into ghost sessions. I was, I was tired of guitar music, right? I was like, I don't hear any fucking guitars. But then the current events got me back to be like, I want to hear some guitars, right? I want some guitars. I need guitars, right? So you know, I'm kind of thinking about now, like how how to integrate some guitars into what I'm doing, or start some new shit, like with with some motherfuckers that I know or motherfuckers I don't know, that gives me a chance to kind of exercise some of the heavier side of what I like to do, you know. I noticed that a lot of your vocals uh, seem to be a little Mike Patton-ish. Okay. An influence? You know, not overtly. I grew up with listening to a lot of different kinds of music, right? I tell a lot of people that, like, my dad's jazz collection influenced a lot of the New York hardcore scene in the sense that myself, Mark Ryan from Supertouch, Alan Cage that was in Quicksand, uh, a bunch of people, like, we all grew up with my dad's jazz records, right? We were living together for a while. We had all these old jazz records. And that kind of creativity and approach to music, I think, crossed over into what we were doing. So, like, when I got into hardcore, I was already in a spoken word and jazz and freeform jazz and all kinds of weird shit that wasn't necessarily part of the formulaic kind of template of hardcore punk, right? So I think that that may be what you're hearing in that sense, that kind of weird kind of creative impetus coming from non-hardcore, non-rock stuff. Yeah, I love it. And you mentioned Fela Kuti. I love Fela Kuti. And I actually got uh, to see Tony Allen play live once. Yo, I was on stage with fucking Fela Kuti. Well, rest in peace. I was on stage the day, like, my, I was leaving the house. This is, like, whatever it is, 35 years ago or something crazy. I'm leaving the house, and my dad's, like, um, my dad was a photographer, professional photographer, documentarian. He was in, it was in a shop of When We Were Kings, that Muhammad Ali documentary. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I'm leaving the house. He's like, go to the city. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, if you want to go to Central Park, I'm going to be shooting Kayla. If you do, roll up to the stage. Just tell them that your dad's on stage. They'll come get me, and I'll bring you on stage, right? So I remember that day, I went to a store. I bought Power Windows by Rush. So I had Power Windows, and I go up to Central Park. I'm like, yeah, I like that. My dad is the cloud cap, and they brought me on stage. But I literally, I can recall none of the experience of being on stage. But Fela is important to me because Fela is one of these people. And Fela is almost, I mean, he's, he's huge, right? He's not as big as Bob Marley, but he may as well be. Because he was able to bring this revolutionary voice to music where he was really getting his ass kicked by the government. You know what I mean? He was really getting his bones broken, his house raided, his shit burned down by the government in Nigeria. You know, he was really somebody that went to school, music school in London, right? Then went back to Nigeria. He had, you know, God knows how many wives, basically sort of this cult in a certain, in a certain sense, I don't, I don't use, I'm not using that word in a negative sense, but he was able to bring this sense of power, sense of belonging, sense of meaning to the people. Like if there's a video called a song called Sorrow, Tears, and Blood, you can find the video on YouTube. And you see them in Nigeria where it's been, it looks like they're living in, for all intents and purposes, a trash heap, right? Everything is repurposed and old and everybody's smiling. There's no negative look to anyone's fucking faces. The video also does a good job of contrasting how 
the Euro-Anglo regime that kind of runs a major part of the world had got in there and begun to control the economies. They show this portion where they show like the leaders of Nigeria playing standing money and with some of the other kind of European leaders, in that, uh, including leaders from the church, which has been kind of infiltrated. And they show that that piece of society has segmented itself off, right? And left the general populace to fend for themselves amongst the basic lack of resources, which reads not, I mean, it doesn't look like a trash heap, but I mean, it's, it looks like a trash heap in certain ways. But the resilience of the people, the resilience of music, the resilience of the revolutionary thought coming from Fela as a product of that culture shows that you can overcome that stuff. So that's one of the main reasons that I really love Fela. And I love certain songs more than others. Like I just did, you know, part and parcel of Fela. And there's certain things that I really enjoy more than other songs, right? Like Lady, Sorrow, Tears, and Blood, Gentlemen. Uh, those are some of the joints that I have on repeat. Now, some of the stuff I don't like as much, but some of that's just really fucking hard. Like, the grooves are fucking hard. The cadences are fucking hard. How he's fucking kicking it is hard. It's something that's really inspired. And that's what I really love about it. Yeah, and all of his songs are like 12 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, and that's nothing. They're fucking long. So, like, you can go, you can fucking imagine a first date if Fayla was playing live outside. First date to see Fay Lala. You can bring a fucking, uh, your, your, the, the beast blanket, the food, you sit down, the music's fucking going, you're vibing with your lady, whatever it is, and you're hanging out, and, and this music is meaningful, but it's also comforting and, and uh, mesmerizing because of the repetition and the length. And it conjures up the visuals of, of where he's from in Nigeria, and it really transforms you, right? Yeah. Some of those 12 minute songs, you don't even realize that they're that long because you get like hypnotized. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I love Fela Kuti. And I was reading, uh, I was reading an interview with you. You were talking about Fela Kuti and you were talking about Prince. I also love Prince and I fucking Incredible. love funk music. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I probably listen to more funk than any other genre these days. I, I love playing metal. I love writing metal. I love performing it and stuff, but I listen to a lot of different kinds of music and funk is probably the number one because it's just, what does funk do for you? It just feels good. It makes you, it puts you in a good mood that you can't right. be like in a fucking depressed bummer <laughs> mood and listen, listening to parliament or Ohio players or uh, Rick James or Prince or Michael Jackson. Like that shit doesn't bum you out, you know, especially like the old Michael stuff, you know, when he has the dude from brothers Johnson playing yeah. with him. And that's the difference between, and I like some of the super experimental ambient music, but I think it's like when you have, when times are rough, that I think it enables you to create an escape route. And that escape route ends up being funk music or, you know, reggae music. When you look at the society today that has so much, right, and at the further ends of that so much, so let's say talk about like, like an experimental music scene where it's really all about creating uh, sounds of destruction and degradation. And I'm not saying that it's negative, but it's the difference in your escape. If you, if you have everything, your escape is all going to be a little pain, right? But if you're living in pain, your escape is fuck, give me some joy. Sure. You know? And I think that's something that, that I'm trying to kind of be cognizant of when times are, are good for me. That's why I just said earlier why some of the Ghost Festival stuff I don't like as much, 
right? Because instead of creating an escape route of joy for myself, I was fixated on my, my singular, singular, singular. And honestly, that has no value for me. Joy is a communal thing. Pain oftentimes is very, you make it very singular to yourself, but joy is something that's shared. And that's why that Thales shit's amazing. That's why the Prince shit's amazing. That's why that Michael shit is amazing. Because it's so fucking inclusive. It radiates positivity. Boom. And we talked about thrash earlier. Like that's that's one of the reasons why I like that cryptic slaughter, that first cryptic, well, the money talks record. Because it just money talks that people listen. It doesn't sound native, but just to me, it sounds like I want to be a part of this shit. You know, <laughs> so it's not like I mean, just the, the genre dictates whether or not there's inclusion, but the, the the energy behind it, what is it radiating, right? As you share, is this radiating something that I want to be a part of? I grew up loving oil music, last resort, blitz, the business, foreskins, infrared. You know, and that was also communal because those folks were, they were on the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum, right? And they were trying to find a way out, right? And that way out was via that community, via punk, via oi. And obviously they were influenced by, you know, some reggae and ska type stuff, you know, which comes from the energy that we talked about. That's why music is important, in my opinion, because it really has the capacity to pull people together. And so when you can combine that energy of escaping towards joy and then adding an overlay message that has enough information for people to say, well, fuck, not only am I having a good time, but I'm beginning to reconsider some pieces of my life so I can rebuild my life with bricks that are better for me and my family. Then that's something that fucking gets me stoked. Yeah, gets me stoked too. I say this all the time. I think that you can make a better point, make a better impact in three minutes with a song than you can in three hours of debating someone or lecturing someone. 100%. I don't even like debating people. Yeah. You know, because oftentimes that's an ego-based concept, right? I'm right, you're wrong. I had somebody come in my comments the other day, like, um, he's like, yo, like, I'm getting attacked in your comments, buzzing, blah, yo, man, like, I just got reported. I was like, yo, B, I didn't, definitely didn't report you. And I'm like, honestly, I'm glad that you commented on my shit. It gives you and I the chance to either strengthen our arguments or change our fucking opinion. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think debate is is a healthy thing because either wrongs get corrected or there's new perspective and knowledge gained. And I think if you don't have good ideas debating bad ideas, there's never any... uh, better understanding i'm all about bad ideas being openly <laughs> discussed because then they're out in the open to be attacked right and just to clarify when i say debate's egotistical it's egotistical all the time when somebody is not listening debate implies that i'm listening to what you have to say as well rather than i'm stuck in my point and i'm going to stand in my square and i don't give a fuck what you say whether it makes any sense or not i'm just going to regurgitate what i think is true right Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that you're right to point out we shifted from the term argument to debate. And I think there is a difference. There is a crucial oh, yeah. difference between those two things. It's a subtle thing, but definitely is clear, I think. Absolutely. So you talked the, about how you wanted to discuss the big picture stuff and Absolutely. organism and belief, belief. And that the elite know how the organism works and the universe manipulate us. I think you're you're totally correct. I'll just say my basic example looks like this, right? Mm -hmm. For many of us grew up having records. If you don't have records, you go to somebody's Instagram. If you go to their Instagram and they say they're a metal band and they have pictures of uh, flowers and, and birds 
you might not really think this is the band for you if you're a metalhead, right? But if you go to their profile and they have what looks like a, a death metal logo and a picture of a Grim Reaper or some other thing, you might say, okay, oh well, yeah, this, this is what I expect, right? So my thing is this, belief is what allows the continuous flow through of a concentrated idea that develops into a concept that then you can begin to feed on and digest, right? So if I believe, if I buy, if, I, if I'm in the record store and I see an image on a record and I like that image, I begin to put together an interpretation, uh, an expectation around what I'm going to hear. So sure. I begin to make this connection and I begin to, in my mind, I'm creating shit. I'm creating a world in my mind based off of this record cover. That's how we used to buy music. Okay, well, shit, this, this looks fucking crazy. The guy's stage diving or the chick is hot or, or the dude looks like a nerd like me or whatever it is. And that builds a connection. Right. Right. So to, to pull it over into the big picture thing, the concept of belief is what enables any type of exertion that has value in the world. We grew up playing games as kids, right? We grew up doing things like playing games like tag. There was always somebody that was the fastest kid. And if somebody, let's say you were racing somebody, somebody was clearly fast, you'd be like, I can't beat you. I'm not going to try. He's too fast for me. He's too big for me. I can't play basketball against him. That guy's six feet tall. So we begin to create assumptions and realities off of our belief. So when you take it to the point of, and there's a few levels to the shit that I'm going to try to share. When you take it to the level of the elite, right? And they present these concepts of, the world must have a vaccine passport by this date. So even the people that are against that passport, many of them will say, the elite are going to enforce a vaccine passport. And they begin to make the vaccine passport real. Yep, the belief causes action. The action changes reality. They make it real rather than saying, you know what? The elites want to enforce a vaccine passport. Fuck that. Right. There's people that will, quote unquote, agree with me on being against it, but being my in my fucking DMs. Dude, you have no idea. Dude, you those policy bullshit. Dude, they're going to do this. They want to do the vaccine passport. Case in point, this whole COVID thing blew up. The whole narrative blew the fuck up. I have smart people in my DMs. That I told them, I was like, hey, man. And I, ha- I happen to have a belief around the deity that I will share in a bit. But I said, hey, you know what? There are powers in the universe outside of the elite. Just because the elite are trying to do something doesn't mean it's going to happen. And what happened was eventually enough people got the fucking message in the resonance of consciousness to say, fuck this shit, I'm standing up. I know that guy got said, fuck it, I'm standing up. And when enough people stand up, the bullshit has to dissipate. So that's what it takes. It takes people to say, you know what? I don't believe this is my reality. I don't believe as a five-year-old, I'm going to get into the van with the guy that has the candy that's waving it. I don't believe he's a good guy. If I believe he's a good guy, I'm in the van, I'm dead. Yep. If I'm living in today's society and I'm a truther and I want to just take everything that the New World Order says as law, I may as well be part of the Davos group. Because I, you are working to turn that into a reality with your belief, with your insistence, because you're elevating these people to God. And that's a stupid idea. You know, it's a stupid idea. And it shows that you don't have an understanding of how the organism works. Many spiritual texts will tell you that the only way you can have something in the physical 
meaning this third dimension, is if you have it in your consciousness, right? right. That's the only way that you're going to have something in the physical. It's one of the reasons why lottery winners always end up dead or in jail or, or worse is because they didn't have the wealth in, in their mind. So it, it not only did they lose it, but they ended up losing other things as well. So you have to understand that you have to have your, if, you, if it's freedom that you're after, if it's sovereignty that you're after, these things have to live within your awareness. You have to begin to imagine it. The same way you imagine what that band would sound like as you looked at that gatefold record, like, this looks fucking crazy. This must sound like something I like. You have to begin to build in your awareness, what does freedom feel like? How would I walk if I was free? How would I communicate if I was free? What would I post if I was free? Yes. The the first step to being free is believing that you are or should be. So let me ask you, I pose this to you as as to, to help grow the conversation. What are some things that people can do to begin to make that belief a reality in their day to day? To make someone start believing that they are free or should be free. That's a tricky question. That's a real tricky question. I'm not sure how you uh, get someone to believe that they are free or believe that they should be free. Um, A lot of people today seem to be largely programmed and that programming is very hard to break that conditioning because you really think about government schools, public schools, it's mm-hmm. basically 12 years of obedience training. Totally. And uh, that conditioning is, is very hard to break. However, I largely broke out of that stuff from listening to comedians. People were making me laugh at the same time they were making me think. George Carlin completely changed my life. He like started that crack in my brain that made it crack wide open. That's what I was going to point. So when you laugh, and I'm gonna laugh my mind. When you laugh, you feel a bit of a crack. It's like a physiological thing where this, this, some people talk, refer to them as bands that, that, that track your consciousness. They, they release, like they, they, they contract open. Yep. And that, and that energy, that light can come in. That's why if you, I mean, if you want to get a chick, you, you make her laugh, right? Oh my God, she loves me. <laughs> She's laughing, right? <laughs> yep. Oh, if you're if you're a substitute teacher and the class is unruly and you want to try to get control of them, would you make them laugh? Yeah, they don't like you when you're funny, and they like you because you you help me to lighten their load by helping them to open up their consciousness just enough for them to forget the burdens of the third dimension, right? Yep. This is where. Uh, the, the meme wars that we're in uh, actually are somewhat useful because you, you can crack into someone's uh, psyche by opening up that window with, with a, a laugh or a joke for a second. The only challenge for me with the, with the meme, the meme, the meme wars are memes are based in my opinion on a psychology that says um, you're getting enough information to make an informed decision. Right. And oftentimes, even though a picture is worth a thousand words, right, is that really enough information to make an informed decision and create an emotional anchor, which is what a lot of memes do? Right. Not necessarily, but I think that they're valuable in that they can plant a seed. I agree that they can plant seeds, but the enemy, right, uses that very same tactic. And since most people are operating on a lower res not because i'm better or worse or you're better or worse but they're operating in a, in a brainwashed resonance 
that ink that meme oftentimes it's easier for the meme to anchor them in the lower resonance than it is for us to de-anchor them or or re-anchor them to a higher resonance in my opinion absolutely a lot of people are are acting off of emotion and not off of logic 100 and they're they're trapped in this thing where let's be honest like just physiologically speaking the mm. lowest most primitive oldest simplest part of our brain is the lower the reptile brain, the, brain brain. Yep. the reptilian brain yep the the one that that doesn't think, that, the one that mm -hmm. doesn't have any logic the one that will eat its own children and fuck you i just need to survive that's where a lot of people um are are, are resonating when they absorb some sort of information a lot of the time they, they don't actually absorb it obviously um <laughs> right but, but it hits them in that in that lower brain stem, the reptilian brain, where it's just fuck you. This is uh, you know, it the lower brain is selfish. It's not empathetic. It doesn't think about others. It's all about me. Right. And, uh, I was listening to something earlier today, this interview with this dude that used to be a satanic priest. He used to be okay. a Satanist and he was a priest. And so he knows all about this stuff. Mm -hmm. And he pointed out, and this is something I already knew, but he pointed out that in Satanism, the the basis of it is to be selfish, to do whatever right. it should be the whole of the law. Mm -hmm. It's all about me. All your will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so the satanic mindset is very self-based, and anyone that gets in the in the way of the things that make me happy, they should be destroyed. Right. Now, this ties he was tying it in to people submitting to the will of governments and, and mm -hmm. essentially totalitarianism and fascism yeah. communism whatever you want to call it you can identify it as any of those things if you want but right. people bending over and and doing what the government wanted them to do taking experimental medical injections or else you can't go to the concert or else you can't travel or else you can't go to the restaurant or else you can't go to the baseball game. And a lot of people did not do what we all kind of seem to know really deep down inside of our heart. What was the right thing to do to say, like, this is my body. No. It's, it should be my choice. What I put in it. Fuck you. But they didn't do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they do the right thing? Because of their selfish nature. It was much more convenient to just bend over and do what they asked you to do because the right thing was hard and inconvenient. Right. Doing the selfish thing was easy. And, right. and uh, unfortunately, I, I mean, I know there's millions of people. I know personally many people that didn't really want to do this thing. They mm -hmm. just did it because they thought it would make their life a little easier. And you know, and, and I'll share this, they're, they're using entrainment technique technology as well and I'm, I'm not sure if it's part of 5g or something else but i was sitting here i was sitting in my room this is like six months ago i'm sitting in my room and i just had this this deep resonance of joy and lightness come over my body and it just said to me it's not so bad to take it why don't you just take it and i was like get the fuck out of here <laughs> and then like the next day I saw, I don't know if it was like Jeff French or somebody was like saying that he and other people had had that very same experience. Mm, interesting. So, I mean, are you, are you familiar with entrainment technology and what that does? Entrainment? No, I've never heard that term, but I'm very aware of a lot of neural implants and how they can 
definitely mess with people's psyches using magnetic fields and all kinds 100%, of things. Right. And then that's, and that's basically, you know, part of, of, of what it is. And basically it, it gets you into a wavelength and gets you to begin to resonate with a certain thought pattern. Right. So this says uh, when, when it, it's why the mob, it's why it's what, what makes a mob. Right. I get mad. You get mad. The, third, the person who's like, didn't really have an opinion. They started to get mad. And the person who like really didn't have an opinion, like, okay, fuck it, I'm pissed too now. Right. But there's ways that you can manufacture that right with electronics and that's what they're 100 percent doing you know i'm just gonna share this real quick so like i you know i, I kind of got started into caring about this stuff i was even from the beginning from orange nine tours i was always spending every day off every time i could at a cult bookstores buying books buying books buying books buying books i have so many books i give away a lot of books um and then um, I ended up moving to London with my one of my dear friends. Uh, my she's a girlfriend at the time, my, one of my close friends in the world. Um, and right before that, I was like, "Hey, I was like, um, do me a favor, like buy me a tower card deck. I hear you're supposed to have someone buy it for you, right?" So I had to buy me this deck. Get to London, and I spent a lot of time with these cars and shit like that. And I began to meet a lot of people. There's a few like Treadwells. Um, there was um, uh, a spot in Camden, Atlantis Books. So by the time I left London, I was reading for the Tower Reader at Treadwells. I was asked to do a, a, a um, to teach a, a class on the Thought Tarot by another Tower Legend out there, who guy who's like a famous uh, walking tour guide. I was reading for pretty much all of the readers that in all of those occult bookshops, right? Wow. So flash forward, right? I get back to the States and I'm like, I, I had started reading the Bible because I had read in a couple of books that were saying like, if you're doing your whatever and shit goes south, the name of Jesus is the only name that's going to, that's going to save you. So I'm like, all right, let me find out about this guy. This is fucking crazy. Right. So I'm like smoking weed, reading my Bible on the way to work. And then I hear in my head one day, I want you to stop smoking weed by the end of October. I was like, I said out loud, I can't do that because I'm not going to say her name because homegirl's fucking pain in the ass. That's what I said out loud, right? And then next day I was like, you know what? If this might be something, let me just try it, right? So I went back and this, I had a weed card out there. So I went to the dispensary, I got a bunch more weed, smoked a tiny bit of it, and I threw away like $100 worth of weed, like a vaporizer, all this shit, and I never had a desire to smoke again. I started smoking it, but I just stopped again recently. So I was like, okay, like this is, wait, what? This is interesting, like, I was smoking a lot of weed. This voice told me to stop smoking weed. Now I don't feel like I need to smoke weed anymore. Like, so flash forward, like we're in me and the same girl, we're in the Bay Area, right? And she's taking out one of her contact lenses and she starts to scream. At this point, I had come into a knowledge of Jesus, right? So it's she. And she's yelling out. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, my eye, she comes over and I see her eye, her cornea. She had ripped her cornea as she was taking her contact lens out. Shit. And I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to pray? Or do you want to go to the hospital? She's like, let's pray. All right, let's do it. Right. So we get down, we're praying, praying, praying. She's crying, 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 praying, praying, praying. How do you feel? I'm feeling better. Okay, great. Right. I had some oil that I had got from a ministry that we had fucked with. Praying more, praying more. She's like, all right, I'm feeling better. I'm going to go to sleep. Like, all right, cool. She goes to sleep, right? And it, this was like a Saturday night, like 11 o'clock at night, like maybe it was Friday. I was like, I don't want to. Who wants to go out, right? So we're like, let's just pray. We'll just, let's just figure this shit out. 
She goes to sleep Friday night, wakes up Saturday morning. I'm like, hey, she's like, I feel better. Saturday, Sunday morning, she's like, my eyes itching. I'm going to go to the doctor. She goes to the doctor. The doctor's like, yeah, you definitely tore your cornea, but it looks like it's been healing for a couple of weeks. By the way, what'd you take for the pain? She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is one of the worst pains that you can have. What'd you take for the pain? She's like, I didn't take anything. He's like, what did you take for the pain? She's like, I didn't take anything. He couldn't believe that she didn't take anything for the pain, right? So next thing you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm growing in my understanding of, of the power, the supernatural power of God, right? And the gift that's, that is given to us through Jesus. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really believe that Jesus looks like this guy on the cross the way they show it. I'm not, I don't know if I can fuck with this, right? So I started doing some more reading, doing some, some reading on like um, quantum physics. And a lot of these regeneration ideas, they sound just like the Bible, right? There's one day I'm sitting in my house and I was really, really pissed off and I was sad about something and I was crying out for help. And I saw this, this white circle appear about like that, it may be 30 degrees up in my consciousness outside of my body. And I was like, okay, this is something crazy. So I was like, either this thing is here to kill me or this thing is my friend. I'm going to find out which, right? So I started running through Bible verses in my mind. Because I spent a lot of time dealing with the Bible. Because coming from the occult, I know the supernatural is real, right? I know that I know that Lucifer or Satan exists. That shit's not fake. It's not a metal man. That shit's real. It's real. And so I'm like, okay. And I also knew that I know that God and Jesus is real. So next thing I knew, I realized that this thing had actually... The more I submitted to it, I was reading these verses in my mind, my pain, my depression was all just being sucked out of me. And I was like, holy shit. You know, and, and I say this to share that in this time now, like I didn't grow up with anything having to do with God or religion or any of this shit. I meant nothing to me. I was in love with the occult, but spending time in the occult Literally, I mean, I was invited. I was literally going to join a club out there, like with with older white people. They were like in their sixties. They invited me because of my understanding of tarot, right? Coming back here and recognizing that, okay, the elites have a god, and if you think that their god is not Satan, then you are fooling yourself. The elites' god is Satan. I'm not here to. to I know some people are going to be like, "Oh, Chaka, you're full of shit." It's just, it's true. That is their God, right? So you can choose to understand and accept gifts that are available via God that loves you, or you can go on your own. I would say, give Jesus a chance. It's not, Jesus is not what you think. Jesus doesn't mind if you're, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a sinner, dude. I'm not, I'm, I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? I'm not better than you. I'm probably worse than you. I probably do worse shit than you. Right? I probably do worship the most people, you know. But Jesus, since Jesus has come into my life, I've been able to get all of my dad rest in peace. I've done better at my day job shit, you know, thankfully. I've had better relationships. I feel more able to speak out. Jesus is the one that told me, he, I need you to speak out against these vaccines. I need you to speak out against these vaccines. So I went out on a limb when my family did basically disown me for a period of time, right? My friends laughing at me, especially my friends and bands don't want, they can't like my post anymore. They don't want to do with me, right? Because I'm coming out against this shit. But in my mind, I know that I was told to do this and I knew from the beginning that I was right. 
You know what I mean? So I share this to people that, you know, if, if you're somebody that, especially if you're dealing with like suicidal thoughts, I've been suicidal my whole life. You know what I mean? I'm not suicidal now, but I've been, I've suffered with all kinds of shit, you know, but ever since Jesus came into my life and began to work with me, you know, it's dramatically improved my life and given me the understanding to see what the elite are doing. The elite's plan is not just to give you a vaccine passport. The elite's plan is to overwrite society. That's why they want to change the DNA. They want to change your DNA because they want to destroy the creation that God has made. Some people hate, you want to hate God? I get it. You know what I mean? Life's tough, right? But the elite want to destroy God's creation. That's why they want to destroy the concept of belief. If you don't believe in anything, then I got you. The elite believe in something and you know that that's what belief is what separates the men from the boys in the hierarchy of society and awareness. You walk up to somebody that it, let's take it, let's take somebody that's down in their luck, right? They probably don't believe in anything. You would look at them and they would look at you and they would ask you for a dollar. But somebody that believes in themselves shows up for a job interview, they can be dressed in tatters. They can be, they look like shit, but you'd be like, you know, I'm gonna, this, I, there's something about you, man. I'm going to give you a shot. They believe in themselves, right? So belief is something that is bigger than just something like related to spirituality. It is the basis of everything. You know, the elite believe that we're animals and it's their desire to turn us into animals by destroying our ability to have self-awareness, which is a big part of belief. And they want to chemically destroy us. And if you go online, you'll see Bill Gates talking about his vaccine that can get rid of the part of your brain that facilitates connection to higher power. Yeah. And I don't think it's just with the injections. I, I think there's also a lot of other nefarious things that they do 100%. the way we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that ultimately the goal with this whole virus reaction, not just the injections, but everything about it seems to me, and I'm not religious at all. I went to Catholic school for four I'm years. Not re- I'm not religious either, mind you. I, I, religion is a man-made thing that's designed to destroy you, which is why the Catholic church to me is Satan, literally. Oh yeah, they yes, you're you're not wrong. But I've noticed that the the whole thing seems to be to destroy humanity. To, to destroy our humanity with one another. I mean, this goes down to the most basic level of covering half of your face so you can't Absolutely. see each other's face. You can't see each other's smile. Yeah. It, you're it's it's making young children less intelligent. It's 100%. It's it's doing intergenerational damage psychological damage 100 these kids are going to be fucked up for the rest of their life and there's a lot of people that are like um the narrative is collapsing and you know covid is kind of dumb now and yeah the masks are dumb and no you it, and i have not. been saying it for fucking two years however these people are just starting to like get that but the difference is still there's a major difference between people like you and i and and people that are just going to move on with life I don't want to just move on and act like nothing happened and leave it in the dirt and yay, back to normal. I want these people that were responsible for this stuff to pay. Absolutely. They, they need to pay because this is not just uh yeah, move on with life. No, you, you coerced and forced many people, millions of people to take an experimental injection that there's plenty of evidence now that 
destroys your immune system. Hundred percent disconnects you from your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's let's stop. Let's stop there because I, for the people that are like Chaka, you're talking about God and Jesus. You're a fucking idiot. You repeat what you just said. They created a, a virus with the intention of destroying people's immune system. Yep. They created a virus with the intention. And they want to do what? Vaccinate some people in the world? Or do they want to vaccinate everybody? Everybody. Okay, so there's somebody that wants to vaccinate everybody in the world with something that is known to cause over a, a thousand reactions that we know of now. So these are short-term effects. Nine pages worth of reactions were just released and no one's talking about it because they're all obsessed with Ukraine, Russia short term right so when i talk about god and jesus and to give, so here, here's a half step that might help people this was valuable to me there's a guy named neville goddard who talks about in his contention jesus is the subconscious mind right people talk about the bible says i'm like um basically talking about a man and a man and his wife and that's the subconscious and conscious minds for pot for years i've been talking about the conscious subconscious mind i gave an example of the batter that walks up to the plate right he walks up to the plate and he's quieting himself, right? And you know, you, you see the baseball game, everybody gets very quiet right as that pitcher is, you know, wide, right before he winds up and he's staring and they're staring. And at that moment, that, that, that hitter, he's listening with every ounce of his body to find out if it's going to be one, two, three, four, or five. Because he's got to get, he's got to begin to get that bat around basically as the pitcher is coming out of that windup. Yep. What is he using to do that? What is that? What is that batter using to discern whether or not there's going to be a fastball, curve, or slider? Subconscious mind. His yeah. subconscious mind. And that subconscious mind largely comes from intuition and experience. 100%, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and so when you went to your point about the reptilian brain, when we're able to leverage our experience and intuition, okay, experience says that government has never been altruistic in the past. Experience says government has never been altruistic, right? In our experience, okay, if someone's never been altruistic and they want to be altruistic now, what's this about? So that would automatically create a bunch of pause in people's minds saying, but the reptilian brain, if that's only activate, get the shot if you want to do this, right? You want a nut, take the shot, right? You don't want a nut, don't take the shot. I want a nut, give me a shot, you know? Yep. So, sorry, go ahead. No, you're, you're completely right. And and I've, I've talked about this on my podcast before, like, we have this entity that is a known liar, right. hardly ever tells the truth, ever. And then they are telling you, just trust us, do this thing, and then everything is going to go back to normal. Trust us. It's totally safe and effective. This, this ends everything. Just do what we say. This is a known liar. <laughs> now, if this was a person, known liar. Exactly. Would you... Would you tr- Trust that person, or are you just a fucking idiot if you're going to believe this person? Known liar, reputation, and they're going to tell you, hey, take this uh, mystery drink I just got for you. <laughs> and and that, that's where consciousness comes into play. You have to engage your consciousness. I care not whether people want to call it this bad or the third. People are going to arrive at where they're going to arrive at. And I love everybody. I have friends that I know where she's seen. You know what I mean? You know, that's, that's their thing. You know what I mean? I, I worship Jesus, right? No, some of the tenets of Satanism and Christianity are very, very similar, actually. Some of the like main uh, pillars, like the Ten Commandments stuff, 
There's a Name few them. moves that, that overlap. Name the ones that you think overlap. Not a created bit, I'm just curious. In one of the main tenets of Satanism is that you should not ever like steal or harm or do anything like that to anybody. But the thing they add on to the end, though, is if they do it to you first, you should destroy them. But that golden rule kind of thing is even in Satanism. It's in Hinduism, Buddhism, Satanism, Christianity, Islam, uh, Judaism, Jainism. It's in all of these things. The golden rule is really the number one thing that all these religions have in common that really should be practiced. Right. And what I'll, what I'll say is this. I think that if you appreciate the world as a mirror to yourself. Like, so when I look at you, I see myself. When I look at anybody, my roommate, anything, even a kitty cat, there's a cat who I look at and he, whenever I'm making some food and he wants some of my food, I think of myself and when I might say, wow, I, I would love to have that endorsement or I would love to have that deal for my day job or I would love to have that conversation. And I will think about myself. And I'll say, you know, yeah, kitty cat, I'll give you some of the food. Because that's what it's about. Your world is a mirror. How you treat it with people is how you get treated. That, that's the basis of, that's what karma is based around. Back what you put out, yep. That is the ultimate truth. So I think that the more that you look at that as the ultimate truth, and if that is your guide, then you'll you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, right? But if you're defending your life, then that's not living by the sword, right? But if you're living by the sword, meaning you're taking people's lives when it's not right, then that means that ultimately you will have to suffer that same fate. You know, so appreciating the world as a mirror, I think when you do that and grow your understanding, and as, as, as I am trying to do, grow my understanding of consciousness, grow my understanding of what was that white disc that was presented to me. And I'm studying, um, studying Silva, um, hypnotism techniques, they talk about projecting an image. It basically, it would be the same spot in my consciousness. So in that phenomenon is something that I found um, an example of in another kind of modality, a way of kind of looking at life, right? So, you know, once again, my thing is this, do I believe that you can be a good person, quote unquote, and, and not believe in Jesus? Maybe, I guess, you know. Do I think I'm a good person? No. I know that I'm not a good person. I know that most people, I don't, even the Bible tells you that there are no good people, right? Because we are all fucked up by nature. We do fucked up shit. We're not perfect. The more I realize I'm not perfect, the more perfect that I can then become, right? The more I realize, you know what? To your point about, um, unless they do it to you first, right? If someone and people, friends have fucked me over, friends have fucked you over, for sure. Have you had a friend fuck you over? Yes or no? Of course. <laughs> okay, so do, do, does that mean that then you should go fuck them over too? No. It means that, hey, that guy fucked me over, his mistake, her mistake, I move on. But if I'm operating in a lower form of resonance, I might say, yeah, you know what, you fucked me over, so now I'm going to fuck you over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now all of a sudden, I'm right where you are. That's too much work. <laughs> and there you go. It's, it's the entanglements, and it's the negativity that takes you out of being in the present moment where you can build and create and hold in your consciousness the reality that you're looking to live. And that's one of the things that the elite do with uh, creating these, uh, you know, social media ghettos, right? Where I have friends, they send me these pictures of people uh, crashing into things, these fail videos. And I tell them, but don't send me this shit. 
Not because it's not funny, but because that's because you're, that's what my brain starts to build a, a, a reality off of. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm tired of even hearing people that agree with me. I love people that agree with me, but that's not the end all be all either. You know, I need food to grow. I need the summer. I need the winter. I need the spring. I need the fall. I can't always have summer. I can't always have winter. I can't always have ideas that agree with me. It's, it makes sense for me to entertain ideas that don't make sense for me. So I can then say, you know what? Hey, yes, my idea is still, well, wait or fuck. Maybe my idea sucked. You can reevaluate. I always talk about that. You question everything, even in your own beliefs. Dude, 100%. Healthy thing to do. 100%. And there's a, a scientist who's also an author. He wrote, his name is Bruce Lipton. I wrote a Lipton. Yeah, Brain Bruce stuff. Lipton. Yeah, so he, he wrote a book called Biology of Belief. Yeah. He also wrote another book called uh, Spontaneous Evolution. Okay. Spontaneous Evolution is one of my favorite books, and it talks a lot about belief and, and mm-hmm. how literally your environment and what you believe mm-hmm. can reprogram your biology. You can change your DNA based on what goes on in your mind. And this is very provable just with like placebo effect. And no effect. If the person thinks they got the good drug, that's going to save them. Even if they got the placebo, they will get better. And why did that happen? Based on what was in their mind. And I have a hard time. I'm talking about stuff related to like God or high power because I want people to to take the message. And some, I know a lot of people, even myself, like I wouldn't want to hear some of this shit sometimes. But when you recognize the power that you have in belief, and then you begin to say, okay, well, shit, what if I spend some time working on this understanding within myself? Like, what could I do to my life? What could I become? These elites, think about this. Dr. Fauci. This motherfucker is already on record being the bad guy in Dallas Buyers Club, stopping people from getting the good medicines for me. Yep. What and what what stick up his ass made him believe that he could get back out there before the public and sell my family, your family, and whoever listening's family this fucking virus disease shit that they made and owned? He believes that he can get away with it. They believe that they can get away with it. They believe that they can get away with it. Right? And the reason why they slowed down now is because now they no longer believe that they can get away with it to the same degree. Right? So the elites are operating using this power swimmingly. They love it. They understand the power of belief. They understand that they can tell you Oh, uh, yeah, you know, these blackouts are going to come and that a certain segment of the truth movement is going to say, the blackouts are coming. What the fuck, man? We're fucked. Instead of saying, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to use our God-given abilities to push back on this. We're going to have to use our ability of, we're going to have to use our sense of community. We're going to have to use the magic that comes through that, that community via song that we talked about earlier. Right. Why did why why did Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement? Why did that? And, and, and Martin Luther King was was initially taking money from the devils. You know, he was taking money from the devils, but he turned around at the end of the day. They killed his ass for it. Right. But what happened between right before that march on Washington and after something happened, something flipped in consciousness. Right. What happened with Gandhi, who was another agent of the devils? Right. Something happened where the consciousness of the people flipped. What happened 
just recently now with this COVID thing was enough doctors speaking out and saying, yeah, guys, no. Finally, you love people were like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no, fuck yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, fucking no. So there's a power that we have inside of our belief and our willingness to accept. I forgot who said the quote, you will get the government that you accept. Yeah, 100%. So in your estimation, D, how does a listener, myself, yourself, how do we take any of this understanding around belief, leverage it moving forward to empower ourselves and others? Well, I think a, a big first step here is to realize that these people that are largely pulling the strings, what you would call, you refer to them as the elite. A lot of people call them by all kinds of things, but let's be real. The people that are really pulling the strings of society, call them whatever you want, but they, they exist. You know, there are people that have way more control over what goes on on a national level than I do. That is a fact. You know, people that want to act like, oh, there's not anybody that really is pulling the strings. That's the first mistake. Out of here. There there are people that have this kind of power. I mean, at the end of the day, I really think bankers are running the world, but that's a whole another topic. I think that's, that's part of their magic. Some people refer to it as money magic as a control element. It's such a brilliant way to control people. And so is fear. And one thing that I think people need to realize is that these people that are pulling the strings, pulling the levers of society, the puppet masters, they are social engineers. They're stupid. None of this is an accident. What, is, what does that mean? I know what a social engineer is, but what it tell, give people an idea what that means if somebody's hearing that for the first time. Of course, yeah. So these people understand how you're going to react to something better than you probably understand how you're going to react to something. Especially in that, especially as, as humans in groups. Absolutely. They are master manipulators, especially when there's large groups of people, not necessarily on an individual level because people are very unpredictable. However, when you get people into groups and into hysterical uh, mentalities and mob mentalities, they are very, very easy to control. It's a tired trope at this point, and people largely tune out when you when you say it, but like sheep. Sheep 100%. do what the shepherd wants them to do because they, they, they all watch each other go a certain direction and they just follow. That's what they do. Right. This is humans are not too different. It's nope. rare to find a, a free thinker or you know a critical thinker that that is in their own footsteps instead of following everyone else that is not the norm no now these people are social engineers they absolutely understand human psychology they Mm -hmm. understand how society operates and Mm -hmm. then they can pull the levers in the right order to get the reaction they want this is the hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution problem reaction solution Mm -hmm. they make the problem to get a specific reaction they know they're going to get that. They get the reaction that they want. And then what do you know? They have the solution. Exactly. The solution. This is just like the, uh, like everyone's familiar with by now, the virus. Probably got cooked up in a lab. That's looking more. Oh, Moderna, Moderna, Moderna owns part of the fucking virus. It's on record now. They own part of the patented virus. Mm-hmm. That's right. Moderna owns part of a sequence, a genetic mm-hmm. sequence that's found in the virus and in the vaccine. It's a fact. Okay, so now let's be honest here. So we just said that. So people, and one of the things that got me off track as a, as a, as a late teenager was this concept that 
evil doesn't exist. And if someone is going to create a virus, let it loose on people, and then sell you a vaccine, I reckon to say that that's evil. Absolutely. And here's the evidence that evil exists. We have the potential to be evil. Every single one of us has the potential to be like Hitler or to be like Gandhi. Every single one of us has the potential to be like Pol Pot or to be like Jesus. We all have that within us. Absolutely. Some people gravitate toward the evil. Most people, I don't think, gravitate that direction. However, sometimes we slip up. There's a crack in the dam, and sometimes evil does come out of us. Absolutely. You're the nicest guy ever, and every once in a while, you might fucking explode because you are, are so good at containing your anger. You know, we're all, we're all guilty of it, but we all have the potential. Exactly. There's a guy, um, uh, Jordan Peterson, some people like this, people don't. But he talks about a dangerous man is not a man that is nonviolent. A dangerous man is a man that can be violent, but is able to control his violent nature. And that's what humans are in their primal state. We have the ability to grow and take on more than we can chew, right? But then when the when they by the time the elites give us the fluoride the school, a lot of the bullshit that, that weakens our innate real sex drives. We're no longer able to express violence in order to save our family. We're only able to be petty, right? And express violence in like a reality TV show way where we're slapping somebody or, or demeaning somebody, but we're not able to take on a real threat to our family like Fauci and some of these motherfuckers, right? Divide and conquer. Could you imagine if the amount of vitriol and passionate uh, distaste that so many people have for quote unquote anti-vaxxers, could you imagine what would happen if they redirected that hatred toward the IRS, toward <laughs> our common enemy? This is divide and conquer 101. This is how right. they've gotten us into this position because right. inst- they, they divide and conquer. Everyone's obsessed with the differences. Yeah. Uh, skin color, where you're from, sexual yeah. preference, what uh, sports team you like, how exactly. long your hair is, you know, do you do you, uh, all kinds of shit. That's By the way, you're, I, I'm a fucking fan of your hair. I love the beard all of it. You fucking look awesome. Oh, thank you. I grew it all myself. <laughs> But they, you know, they focus so much on the di- things that divide us, where right. as maybe the things that unite us, maybe they're not as numerous or, or you know, as easy to dissect. However, they're way bigger than the things that right. divide us. And the number one thing that they fear, the elite or the people that are running shit that, that really possess the control, is people recognizing that they have common enemies and to stop 100%. being bickering with each other about stupid shit and actually coming together and fighting what's really uh, holding everyone down, not just some people. And dude, and, that, and that's why, bringing it back to Fela, that's why I love the Fela school. That's why Bob Marley is so transcendent, right? Yeah. Because the, the, the joy and the human spirit uh, fighting to be joyful, right? That sounds maybe fighting to be joyful. But when you're oppressed and you recognize the power that's in you, and you can express that fight as joy, it's fucking contagious, man. Yes, encourage is contagious. Yes. That's a huge reason I wanted to talk to you because 
I see you have courage, and I notice you, you're wearing your PMA hoodie. John from Chromags, he also is a very courageous person, and I don't I see a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. I, I don't see a lot of people in the heavy music world that we're a part of speaking out. I find that most people are content to either go along with the narrative or keep their mouth shut because they don't want to rock the boat. I find it very interesting that a a culture that is so known, well known for being rebellious is so compliant, so complacent. And I think it's a beautiful thing that there are others like yourself, like John Joseph and I hear you, man. Fucking props to fucking you. I mean, your your posts are your posts are crazy. You're, you have a platform where you're sharing voices to help people get a better understanding of, of another way to kind of see how the world works. That's fucking I mean, the man's sake, obviously. And that's that's really important. I mean, just from but from my perspective, like music for me, this is what the music is about. And it was one of the reasons why I should earlier why I don't like some of the Michael Sessions music is because it's not coming from this place. That's coming from a place of me and my own bullshit, right? But for me, music has always been about the greater us and the power of that us and what that can mean, right? That aspirational collectivity. And I'm not saying that in a communist way. You know, but that aspirational collectivity, that recognition of humanity that makes me feel fucking awesome, that made me feel connected as a fucking 16-year-old kid in the projects, listening to fucking oi music, going to Harker shows by myself, dancing hard to pick by myself, going home with a fucking bloody lip and a fucking ripped t-shirt and tell my parents, you know, that that's just what happens at the show. You know what I mean? That's I wanted to be part of that punk scene, part of that hardcore scene, because to me, it represented that thing. That's why Cousin Joe Black and Blue, I mean, and Madball, a lot of the people that are kind of uh, at least putting their stake in the ground saying, hey, we're not we're not doing shows like this. We're not playing shows where motherfuckers got to be vaccinated, whatever the thing is. And hey, you know what? I have friends and family, all the stuff that like, were like, yo, I had to do it for my job. And I'm not against you if you got vaccinated, bro. You know what I mean? By no stretch am I against anybody. Same Even those that might be against me. If you're against me, hey, you know what? That's on you, bro. You know what I mean? I'm not against you. I wish you the fucking best. Obviously not in terms of hurting me, but I wish you success in your life and achieving uh, a higher level of consciousness and awareness because that's what that's what's real. Peace of mind. I was talking to one of my boys about this. I recognize what peace of mind meant a couple of years ago and I stroke to have peace of mind. When you have peace of mind, then it really does change your fucking life, you know? Peace of mind, meaning I would have peace in my mind. If you have peace in your mind, then the rest of you have peace here. You know what I mean? But the, the elites, whatever we want to call them, they want to make sure that, as Klaus Schwab recently said, we create, we, the world is becoming very angry. We are creating a very angry world. Right. Speaking once again to you, to your um, your point about the mob being easy to control. Right. So when these motherfuckers are able to take away your peace of mind, take away your health, take away your sense of communion with other humans, then you're fucked. Right. And in your sense of security and well-being. Boom. Fear is the number one motivator. It's the easiest way to control someone's behavior. You can make someone eat their own shit. <laughs> if they're scared enough, you fucking hold the loaded gun in their fucking forehead. 
You can make them do whatever you want. Fear is the number one motivator, and they know that. These people are social engineers. They're not stupid. And they know damn stuff. Exactly. We just similar to a computer, the way a computer programming knows how to program a computer. The elite know how to program us. They know our desires. They know our drives, right? And that's why people think about, like, for people that don't want to you know, think that God's weird, think about even what Oprah said, you know, um, believe that you have a thing and you shall have it. Once again, going back to this belief, understanding, right? When Oprah was doing her shit about with Eckhart Tolle, they were te- te- teaching people about the secret and resonance. And I'm not saying that I'm for anything really, but the resonance thing will always be true. What you bring yourself in resonance with is what you will get in your life. If you have friends that are doing dumb shit, you're like, yeah, they're saying for a minute, you bounce, right? You bounce when shit gets hairy. But if you're the person that wants to get into the hairy shit, you might go looking for it, right? So could people, I would ask people to be aware of their resonance, ask themselves, can I control my resonance? If I'm in a shitty mood, do I want this mood? Would I benefit from being in a better mood? How can I alter my thought pattern to put myself in a space that's more beneficial for where I want to be right now? Force yourself to smile is a good start. <laughs> and that creates that 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 literally creates physiological changes within the body. Yep, that makes your life that makes you feel better. Yeah, it, it's really amazing, and uh, believing that that's going to help you also doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's I mean, I see people. Someone wrote me about this today that they depression has become fetishized, right? A lot of a lot of the women that I find, you know, physically attractive because they're from the punk scene and they wear the right clothes and they have the makeup that I like. A lot of times you'll see them doing these poses where they look depressed or withdrawn or or not there. And that's considered sexy. I think you do you know the poses that I'm talking about? I'm I'm sure I could use my imagination to, to Exactly. Connect. I don't I'm not saying anybody's legs are open or titties or anything, but just like even just like a facial picture. Like this, this fetishism or fetishization, I'm making up words, of depression is real, real bad, dude. It's bad. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like you talked about, resonance and vibrations and stuff. Like that's not higher vibration shit. And people will think that we're total fucking hippies for talking about this and stuff. But it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a real thing, you know? It, it's about energy. And everything comes down, I mean, Tesla said, everything in the universe comes down to energy, vibration, and frequency. Frequency, yes. Everything comes down to that. And it comes down to even, like, you you knocked on your, your desk earlier. Mm-hmm. That's because this is, is operating at a, at a slower frequency than, like, the air. Exactly. The air, most, I can just my hand through it. Exactly. It's operating at a different frequency than this, this desk and, right here. And so think about that. So if you're feeling depressed and you're operating, that's that you're operating at a slower frequency, you're more like the, the desk, right? More if, you are, if you allow yourself to feel lighter about life and you believe that your life can improve, then you're more like the air that you said you can wave your hand through. And Lord knows, I mean, life is short in many ways. I'd rather feel lighter and like the air than I would heavy and like the fucking desk. I've been depressed though. I told you before, I've spent, I've been suicidal for, for the larger part of my adolescent to adult life, right? Like many people fucking have, right? And it's not fun, bro. No. It's not fucking fun. 
You know, and I know many other people have fucking dealt with shit like that, you know, and it's my, I think it's part of the reason I felt that way because something in me knew that there was more to life than how I felt, you know, there was more to life than this feeling of like, wow, what is this? This is not, this is not worth it. Whatever this is, this is not it. This can't be all there is. What I'm feeling now can't be, there has to be something more. And then once I opened up my awareness and my consciousness, then I started to feel like, okay, I have to keep asking myself for more. I have to call up my, my family member and, shout, and reach out to them and, and, and initiate that friendship with them. I have to reach out to my homies. I have to strive to do better at work. I have to strive to be better with my music. I have to make the effort. I have to wind myself up. You know what I mean? It's up to you. Really, happiness is a choice. You can have a miserable day or you can have a good day. 99% of it is up to you. Absolutely. And when I say, ha- for me, happy, I, I mean, I grew up loving punk and some really heavy-ass music. And I still love heavy music, right? And that makes me happy. So happiness doesn't have to be this flowery thing where we're in the daffodil field, right? That's not what happy means, you know? Happy means whatever happy means to you, but it's a resonance where you feel satisfied and fulfilled. If I'm a warrior and I'm fighting for my family, and, I, and I've killed a thousand men that are, were trying to fuck with my village and I've got blood on my sword and on my face, I'm going to be fucking happy as shit. But I was able to protect my fucking family and, and my village, right? So happiness is a relative thing. It doesn't mean flowers, daffodils, and, and, and Tweety Birds. Some people it are means, happy when it's gloomy and raining. Yeah, it, it, means, it means satisfaction, right? And a lightness. And yes, this moment can go on forever. And I would be happy and thankful. Being light. I, I think that's, that's very sound advice. <clears throat> <laughs> I want to, uh, this is something I ask all the guests that come on. I, I want to ask you this. I, I gave you a little forewarning. Try to always do that because it's a loaded question. Right. If you could give one piece of advice to future generations, what would you want to tell them? My honest answer is it would be to give Jesus a chance. Give Jesus a chance. It's not, Jesus is not what you think. He's not who you think. You know, um, I know there's a lot of famous people, you know, a lot of people that are heavy in heavy music that have a knowledge and understanding of Jesus and the Lord. And it's, it's helped them to live a more fulfilling life. And as times get more and more rough, the understanding and the direction of making the right choices that's going to be able to help you and your family. Jesus is the best advice that I could give to anyone. Now, a lot of people that maybe practice another religion or, or don't want to do that. A lot of people claim that Jesus is blank. They, they equate Jesus with a synonym. Right. What would you say that Jesus is? Well, I, Jesus is the connection to the highest form of consciousness, right? And we are creator beings, right? So we, we talk so much about what you believe in you can make real, right? So Jesus, in my understanding, is the connective. He, he's the pen. He's the stylus. He's the computer mouse to consciousness. He's what enables you to build that thing out of your awareness. He's the thing that enables you to create um, 
of miracles. And, and can belief work without Jesus? Absolutely. But Jesus is a different level in my understanding and my empirical my empirical wisdom I'll share than, than other situations that I've been invo- involved with in the occult, right? So it's, it's, it's available to you. Is everyone going to, uh, is this going to resonate with everybody? No. Will it resonate with some? Yes. I think that, that it will. And I think the main thing to understand is that the people, I tried to go to a couple of churches and, and it just was not for me, bro. Um, it did not resonate with me. The, uh, the preachers didn't resonate with me. Um, there's very few um, people that I know that believe in Jesus that I feel resonate in a similar way with, with Jesus that I do. So I think ignore, ignore what you grew up. If you grew up with Jesus in your life, I apologize because oftentimes that's not a great way to learn about that. Um, I think oftentimes that's like, it's like, I forgot who, I think it's like little Wayne said that baby, uh, who's his manager or whatever from cash, whatever, got him a prostitute at 13. I equate that to that's like forcing something on people, not because the child's not ready for Jesus, but oftentimes because as adults, oftentimes we're we're still understanding what Jesus is for the most part, right? So then you're part of a, a religious group and then they're forcing a certain way of looking at life on you. And that totally taints an understanding of what Jesus is and how Jesus can be a part of your life. So I'll say, if you grew up with unorganized religion in your life, I apologize on behalf of whoever I can apologize on behalf of. If I grew up with organized religion, I probably wouldn't be here talking about Jesus today. I probably would be somewhere different, right? But what I'll say is come at it with, with adult eyes, especially now with the recognition that the elite do worship a God, right? The elite do believe in something that's empowering them to create the effects. And this is, this is, this is a multi-generational plan on their part, right? This yes. is not something they dreamed up yesterday. This isn't 30 years ago. This is thousands of years old, right? Um, and certain things like people say, oh, the Bible talks about a chaos of society and the mark of the beast. Well, that's what's happening, right? Theoretically, you might say, well, that, you know, somebody else could have written that thousand, and maybe that's true. But the thing of what I will say is this, if you call out to Jesus and you're having a hard time, you say, Jesus, if you're real, come into my heart. I guarantee you, and you can fucking DM me. I guarantee you that something positive will happen for you, right? Is this for everybody? No. And I'm sure that other guests have given advice that's not going to be for everybody as well, right? But this is what I feel compelled to share today because of the hour. If it wasn't such a dark hour, I might have said what I've said in the past, which is to listen to your parents, right? Pay attention to your parents, respect your parents, right? That's one of the best things that you can do as a member of the human family is to respect your parents, even when they're not perfect, right? But because of the dark hour that we're in, I find it imperative to say, if you are of the mind where you're open to allowing Jesus to work within your system and to create a better world for you in concert with you, then I would advise you to do that. And your synonym basically for Jesus is like connection to source. Is that a a safe thing to say? It's. It's a connection, but also in with with energy in it, right? It's not just a tube. It's it, it's 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 like a conveyor belt, right? Or an escalator. It's like stairs plus movement, right? So it's the two things. It's the it's the bridge, and then there's also a flow there too to help you. 
And, right. and it's connecting you though to what I, I would call source. Some people yes, call connection to call source nature. with also an energetic push, higher consciousness. Yeah, uh, and I think it's very possible. I mean, it's unprovable, and I wrote a song about this. I think that it's very possible that consciousness is the very bedrock of existence. It is the bedrock of existence. All is mind. I mean, that's probably the truest thing anyone can say. It's the most fundamental building block of everything that is. All is mind. Yeah, I think it's very likely that consciousness is the absolute bedrock, even more fundamental than gravity. More fundamental than light or time. Oh, hundred percent. Because we can defy gravity, right? We know that we can defy gravity. It's even a term, but you can't defy consciousness. I think it's all. It is all. That's what I would share for people out there that that disagree with me and that you believe in another deity. Hey, man, one power, more power to you. Love you. You know what I mean? Nothing against you. You know what I mean? By any stretch, you can be my boy. You can be one of my best friends. God bless, right? But for those that are interested in that, I think that I know that there's that there's merit in allowing Jesus into your life. Connect with the source. Connect with the consciousness. Yeah, that that song. Uh, I'll I'll send it to you. I'm not sure if you've heard it. But it's on our last record. It's called Panpsychism. It's basically the philosophy that everything possesses consciousness. Oh, that's absolutely true. Because everything is consciousness. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and in the song, I talk about like. It's even on a subatomic level. There, there's on an, an atom is displaying some form of consciousness. You have a nucleus and all these electrons or whatever moving around. That's, and to me, that's that's what Jesus is. It's the finest particle. It's the it's the etheric matter at its most finite level. I think uh, largely we're talking about the same kinds of things, just defining oh, it in a different way. 100%. When I'm talking about source and fundamental consciousness, um, some people look to Christianity. Some people look to Islam for that. Some people look to Buddhism. Some people look to science. A lot of this comes down to some very basic fundamentals that I think we lose sight of because okay. of where our minds are led. Like the uh, stick with the string with the carrot for the, for uh -huh. the horse to keep moving. Right. This is where the social engineers want our minds and we lose track of who we really are and where we really are and when and how and why we really are here. Right. I mean, I, what I'd say is, is if someone is able to understand consciousness at the very fundamental levels, then I think that, that they're going to be they're going to be beyond me and most people. They're, they're going to be at the level of of Christ consciousness, which is what some people would say, right? And maybe that's something that we all experience when we're gone, you know, when we stop existing in this plane, because we have this animation inside of us, my body, every molecule of my body, the instant I pass is still going to be here. But what happened to the energy that was there? And even scientifically, they talk about was the second law of thermodynamics that no energy can be created or lost in the Right. It's just merely transferred into right. something else, changes into something else. Absolutely. You know, that, that animation, that electricity that animates us, it doesn't disappear. It transfers into some other thing in the ether. And uh, maybe we all experience eternal bliss. Maybe everyone experiences heaven. I hope we do. That'd be my hope because I know that, that I'm not perfect and I, and I hope to have everlasting life, you know. 
Fingers crossed that's how it all works out. I mean, they call it the sweet release of death. That can't be for no reason. It depends on who the day is, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. But, you know, we're not way at that point. Assuming everything is consciousness, you, you might not take your memories with you. I mean, there, there's a lot of evidence to support that you probably wouldn't. I mean, someone gets right. brain damage, you get in a car accident, they don't remember who their kids are. Right. Assuming that when your brain completely shuts off, that you're going to take all your memories with you is doesn't make sense to me. I raised that same question to somebody I know, uh, and we talked about that, where I don't know what, what he's talking about people would recognize each other in heaven. I said, well, I don't know if people would. That's an honest answer that you gave, and that's the same answer I have. I don't know. But one thing it will be for sure, if, if we are just consciousness experiencing mm-hmm. itself subjectively, yeah, when we are released from this meat vehicle skeleton, mm-hmm that we animate when we leave our body, it's very possible that uh, when we're released into the ether, we're not limited anymore by this brain. We're not limited by the biology. And maybe we will possess knowledge of all things in that way. Maybe we are godlike and, and return, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, dust, maybe dust. We return from where we came. That sounds good to me. That's true. That sounds good. Let's to do me. it. <laughs> I'll open later than sooner. When the time is right, not not yet. Right yeah, now. not right now. <laughs> this is not a suicide pack. <laughs> no, and what? Yeah, and I said I shared before that I've been suicidal. I'm not suicidal. I haven't been suicidal in in, in in many years. But I just shared that because I know a lot of people are going through a lot. Right, are going through, especially right now. Heavy time. Right? And if you're able to change your understanding via your consciousness, then that will free you from some of that burden. Yep. It'll make you lighter, make you feel lighter. Even if uh, you gain weight, you'll feel lighter. <laughs> Pandemic pounds. <laughs> you know what? Just for everyone listening though, like if you do happen to gain weight, just you can identify as trans slender. And if anyone wants to say that you've gained weight, they're actually being a bigot. I've never heard that one before. Wow. Trans slender. <laughs> Oh, wow. I never heard that one. <laughs> My little brother dropped that one on me. I, I liked it. I've never heard that. that that's, uh, <laughs> that's killer. When are you going to be in New York? Anytime soon? Are you going to be out here soon? Shit, I don't know. Um, maybe later this year, maybe next year. Actually, uh, I might be recording a band in New York, but not in the city. I might be recording a band, though, on the East Coast in the summer. Where? They're in upstate New York somewhere. Yeah, I'm in Rockland County. Cool. If I'm uh, heading out there and that thing does come to fruition, I'll definitely hit you up. Nice. You produce bands? I do some production, some mixing, mastering. Oh, cool. What are you? What are you fucking with? What like? What's your gear? Recently, the interfaces that I've gotten are the Apollo series, the yeah. universal audio stuff. I have an, an 8P that I fucked up, and I in that as a stopgap before I get that fixed. I just got myself a. One of those uh, duos, a duo, and then I have a, a satellite. So I've been on Apollo. I have pretty much all the UAD plugins, but I've been fucking with big time now. I know we're off track and whatever. We can edit the shit. Um, the acoustical plugins, have you tried those? No. So do you have the vision plugin for UAD? The API? API, yeah, yeah, I've got that. So I, I watched this one guy from Something Mill Studio did a shootout of, the, of his API box. 
that box console versus the plug-in. Yeah. And the differences that I noticed were some of the 3D and just some of the transient and some of the dimension and the transients. And I was like, fuck, I really missed that. I want that. I could feel the movement in it. And I started listening to some of the acoustical plugs that I had that they're very CPU heavy. And then I started to realize, okay, so this is what I want. And there's a, a Pulsar module that makes something called the P42 or something like that, which is um, a model of a triad a transformer with uh, low pass, high pass, a saturation function, um, a couple of boosts, low and, low and high boosts. Using that in concert with some of the acoustic stuff, I'm getting that jumping out of the speakers. This sounds like a console feel a lot more. A lot of those saturator plugins make a huge difference. Oh, big time. Which ones do you fucking with? Alive. By who? I've got one from SoftTube. I've got one from SPL. I've got one from... Okay. Uh, it's a Brainworks plugin, but I can't remember what it is. It's like some saturator, BX saturator. Yeah, saturator. Okay. Yeah, I think so. How do you like that SoftTube one? Is that the harmonics one? Harmonics? Is that the... I think it's literally just called saturator. Okay. Yeah, and it's just one knob. Just like... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Makes things a little more uh, vibey. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What what UAD plug is it you're talking about? My favorites. I really love the the Neve 1081. I have that. Yeah, yeah. I like that better than the 73. Just oh, absolutely. Something about it sounds a little sweeter to me. Uh, the Definitely. API is nice, mm-hmm. and um, I really love. It's fun on vocals and like on snare drum and shit. It's very heavy on the DSP, but the Thermionic Culture Vulture. The Colts, I had the Colts, yeah, yeah. That's a fun one. You can get yeah. some crazy distortion and, and cool saturation from that thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, have you fucked with that Avalon yet? The 737? No, I've watched some videos of it. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I've been using that on some synths, and I was like, I threw it on a, to, to fuck with a vocal track. I have the Vox Box, is something that I really like. That Manly that new reference mic pre that they released is really good. That's probably the most dimension filled plugin. I think that, that I've heard from, from UAD. You know, it's crazy. The SSL, I, I love it for what it did, but I'm not a huge fan of it now compared to some other things. Um, that Helios, the new Helios one yeah. is great for guitar sense, all that shit. Yeah. Even just turning it on, it makes it sound <laughs> a little warmer. You just put that plug in on and it just automatically sounds a little sweeter. If you go try to, and I fuck it. I think that if I had noticed, I would have showed it. It was on sale last week, but the Acoustica makes a Poltec. They call it purple. So the UAD, I I have, I have the soft tube, the tube tech one, then I have the UAD Poltex, right? And when you, when you spin those knobs, it does. I I watched the video by this point. I forgot the guy's name, but I was like, okay, I, like he was playing with a real pull tech. I was like, okay, like that's what a pull tech should sound like. I was able to hear the real musicality. When you spin the dial on the UAD and the tube tech with soft tube, it's pulling in shit from other frequencies. It's not as discreet and sweet. The fucking acoustic of purple, when you fucking turn that knob on like 20, 30, you know, 60, 100, it sounds like, holy shit. Like I'm really hearing it just grabbing that. And they have right now they have on sale, they have a couple of these. They have an eleven to seven an eleven seventy-six compressor called nickel. Way better than 
UAD's eleven seventy six. Really? Because I think the UAD eleven seventy six is killer. And I had a couple of eleven seventy sixes that I sold years ago, but wow, dude, cool. It's the difference between something kind of sticking out. Like you know, like have you ever had to buy a pair of OEM headphones for your uh, a cheap headphones for your phone? And you're like, oh my god, I just sound a little bit shittier. You know what I'm saying? It's that's the difference between like the, the the acoustic of nickel sounds like okay this is what I remember the phone sounding like versus having to replace them with the cheaper headphones. I mean the UAD shit's good, but the acoustic and stuff is just so much better. I'm like part of me is annoyed that I've invested so much. I, as I shared, I'm not lying when I say I have pretty much every UAD plugin. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I did a lot of it, but like you know the, the three for three ninety nine and all that those deals that they have and. And I've been on that platform for years now. It's hard for me to replicate. Dude, that, like, I got the 1073 when it came out. That was, like, 2015 or something stupid. So the Acoustica stuff, is it spelled with a C or a K at the end? A-C-U-S-T-I-C-A. A-C-U-S-T-I-C-A. Okay, got it. Dude. I'll look that stuff up. Dude, it's fucking incredible. I was going to tell you about this other plugin I just saw. came out, like, two days ago. What is it? Waves. Oh, that vocal clarity? Yeah, dude, that thing is good. It's like Isotope RX, um, but way, way better. I haven't gotten it yet. Really? I'm going to get it, and I'm going to use it for this I- interview to clean up. I have the dryer running in the background. I- I'm going to clean up the audio with that thing. And it's on sale like 30 bucks. Oh, that's a great deal. Yeah. Um, UAV has that C-suite box. Have you seen that? I've never used it, no. I ended up getting that. I, tried, I use it sometimes for tracking, but I have to... I see, I'm, I'm one of these people, so like, it, it's, it's my fault. This is talking about karma, right? So I had ordered these, like, foot spas, one for myself, one for my mom, where you put your foot in it, it's got the ionic thing, and it sucks all the hot, because that makes water brown, and throw it away. So I ordered it in, like, February. It was, like, August. Shit still hadn't shown up yet. Maybe it was, like, March. Shit still hadn't shown up yet. And they, I recognized they had charged me for then some other product, right? So I called this woman and I'm like cursing and cursing and totally out of character. She's like, sir, you can't talk to me like this. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. She's like, I'm hanging up on you. So she hangs up on me and I like slam my phone down, knocked over my juice into my AP. Oh no. And that AP needs to go to the repair shop. So this whole thing, if I would have said, hey, you know what, ma'am? I'm fucking sorry. Like, I'm a bit frustrated. Please accept my apologies. I would have never had to fucking pay for that repair. Instant karma. <laughs> so this shit's fucking real. Yeah, and most of the time it does work out perfectly. There is some times where pieces of shit get away with some crazy stuff or people that are really nice just get shit on by life. Sometimes it happens, but that's an exception, not the rule. Right. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Thanks for the conversation. I think I think it was good. Right. I mean, I think we give people something to think about. You know, I'll probably get some unfollows. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm used to that by now. <laughs> Who cares? You know, I don't. I'll, I'll try to find somebody that does. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for taking the time, brother. I would love to chat with you again someday. I'll send you my number as soon as we hang up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, thankful for this, you know. I'm hoping people take shit the right way. You know, I think that they will. I think people will understand, you know, what I'm trying to convey. And I thank you for being willing to, to let me talk about what I mean, is real for me. That's a big deal. This is an absolute free speech platform. I want everyone to say whatever they want on here. Right, right. I think what people don't think about. If we even people that are like, oh yeah, try to see this cheesy shit, but 
that thing about unconscious that what Kim and David talking about that makes sense. That's part of why I brought that up at the end because the the synonym because people say Jesus is love, Jesus is peace, Jesus is blank. There's a lot of right. them, and I right. wanted to get something out of you that was that because some people are going to hear Jesus and just boo turn it off. Right. Hey, you know I get it. I get it. But yeah. if it's uh, if it's related to them in another way, and we use a synonym like that, can slice through to some of these people that will tune out. Exactly. Oh man, thank you so much, brother. I I, I really appreciate this. I'm really really thankful that you would have me on your platform. Thank you so much, David. Oh yeah, of course, man. Thanks for fighting the good fight. You you keep it up, dude. I, I love seeing the stuff you put out. Don't stop. <laughs> I'm trying, man. This shit gets exalted. Just speaking of, dude, there's there's spiritual warfare going on a lot of times. No, this is all spiritual warfare. I'm like I told you, I'm not religious. I'm not like really my mind's not in that area. However, I do see the big picture. And this is absolutely regardless of whatever anyone wants to call it. Right. I know understand what you're saying. And this absolutely is a spiritual war. Right. This is spiritual warfare. Everything that makes us human is under attack. Absolutely. Their, their goal is to destroy everything that makes us what we are and connects us to this whole thing, the whole yes. planet, the whole thing, all the stuff that connects us with the deeper, deeper thing. They're trying to just choke it all out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely sickening. And I'm glad that there's other people that are seeing what I'm seeing because if it wasn't for people like you, John Joseph, and just a handful of other musicians, I would be like, am I fucking completely crazy? Am I the dude, only dude. person that sees this? I Dude, I think a lot of people see it, and part of what makes me sad is that by shutting up, what do you think is going to happen? Evil prevails when good men stand by and do nothing. Boom. Boom. Have you had John on your show yet? No, right? No, I hit up John... Uh, couple of few months ago and asked him if he'd be down to do it sometime and he said yeah and i reached out to him was like yo when do we want to do this and he liked it on instagram but he never hit me back i'll, I'll reach out to him again nice he's busy dude he's fucking got a million things going on and you know b- battling with idiots on the internet on a daily i'm sure he spends a lot of time <laughs> battling all right yo one love d thank you so much thanks for sticking around to the end everybody Really appreciate you guys. I hope you got some good little nuggets out of that one. Interesting talk. If you dug it, please follow him on Instagram. He's always posting some cool shit. And, uh, you know, he might be shadow banned (laughs) by the time this comes out or at some point in the future. So if you want to find his stuff now, go find him on Instagram. I'll have the link to that in the description below. If you want to shoot me an email, send it over to podcast at riftsordie.com. And don't forget to go to riftsordie.com to pick up some merch or go to patreon.com slash riftsordie if you want to sign up. You get a discount to the web store. You get some uh, bonus content that's in there. And you'll also have access to the monthly Zoom hangouts that we do once a month. So hang out with me in real time. We're going to do it here in the next week or two. And uh, I hope you can make it there. The more the merrier. Like I said, next episode is going to be a solo one and I'll be uh, catching you guys up to speed on what's been going on with me lately and what's going on in the rest of the world. Should be a doozy. Oh yeah, and before I forget, I talked about using a vocal clarity plugin that's brand new from Waves on this episode to clean up some of the interview audio. 
but that plugin is brand new and the computer I'm running on right now is quite old. The operating system is not up to date so that everything runs smooth with old stuff. Anyway, to make a long story short, that plugin could not be used to clean up this audio. So don't take this audio as an endorsement (laughs) of what that plugin sounds like. I did, however, get a new computer recently and I'll be migrating all of my plugins and all my stuff over to that new machine and I should be able to use that new Waves plugin. So in the future, I should be able to use that Waves plugin, that vocal clarity, to clean up some of the messy audio anytime I do interviews. But hopefully this is the last one that sounds like that. And in the future, they'll all be a lot cleaner. Until then, I hope you all connect with Source and become a little more wise and a little more at peace. Don't forget to take care of yourselves and each other. Try to leave the world a little nicer than the way you found it. We're all going to be all right. Talk to you soon, everybody. Adios. Adios.